Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Big day on the show. We've got news out of the Pac-12. A new commissioner in the Pac-12 to replace Larry Scott. His job is to make the conference a bunch of money with a new TV deal, which was kind of the job that Larry Scott was hired to do. Uh, But George Klyavkov coming over from MGM Resorts. He's got a background in television. He's worked in digital media. It's It's a pretty interesting resume and one that is very current for what you need to do as a conference commissioner these days and he came in saying all the right things first nicole Auerbach, the host of power hour you can hear right here on the andy staple show and friends feed we talk about the new commissioner of the pac-12 after that a very very big interview heisman trophy winner eddie george who now goes by a different title Coach George, he's the new head coach at Tennessee State. He is taking over, uh, doing something very similar to what Deion Sanders is doing at at Jackson State. The difference is Deion was involved in coaching football before. Eddie George has been involved in a lot of things. He's been doing entrepreneurial stuff. He's been acting. He did play a little football for the Tennessee Titans for a while. But he's not been a coach, had not really thought about coaching before he got a call to potentially take over at Tennessee State. And it's a really interesting conversation about his journey to deciding, hey, this is something I want to try. This is something I think I could be pretty good at. So you'll hear Eddie George on his big plans for Tennessee State. But first, it's me and Nicole Auerbach talking about the new commissioner of the Pac-12. George Klyavkov, the former head of MGM Resorts, is now the commissioner of the Pac-12. Yes, it is. And... We talked about sports betting with the new commissioner for a good portion of his press conference. So we are in a different world now with this new commissioner uh, who we are all going to have to get used to spelling and pronouncing his name because a lot of us did not know him. No. And and now he has worked in the space before. It's you know, this is everybody saw that this is not someone who is familiar to most people in college sports and said, oh, it's another Larry Scott hire. Uh, Larry Scott, the former commissioner, was hired out of the Women's Tennis Association where he was the commissioner. This is a little bit different because uh, Klyavkov has worked at NBC. He's worked at MLB Advanced Media, which these are all companies that would kind of help you. So the, the MGM thing is live events. NBC is television. MLB Advanced Media is digital media. These are all companies and, and experiences that would help you be a conference commissioner in 2021. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a big focus with the media rights negotiations that are coming up and wanting someone who has a lot of experience there. He brought up about his experience both with media rights negotiations in the past, but also specifically this shift from linear TV to digital and streaming. He worked for Hulu. Like, this is exactly the background if you're looking at, hey, we have a really important 
contract coming up, and we need to make sure that we are bringing in a good amount of revenue to power all of our sports that we need to get better, like football. And as our colleague Stuart Mandel called it, a mic drop moment at the end of the press conference, clearly he's been watching what's been going on in the Pac-12 and, and has been briefed on how to message this correctly because he said, we know where our bread is buttered. We know we have to win in men's basketball and football, the, the revenue sports. That is what the athletic directors in the Pac-12 have been dying to hear from the conference office. So whether that's actually going to happen or not is another story, but but at least he understands that. And you're right, you know, the, the TV deal that is coming up really incumbent upon some football success here in the near future to help them make a little bit more in that deal. But, you know, I, it's interesting because everybody says, oh, you got to close the gap with the SEC and the Big Ten. I, I, I think you need to understand that you're never going to close the gap with the SEC and the Big Ten because in the... You're, you you aren't going to make Cal and Oregon State fans care as much as Ole Miss or Arkansas or Purdue or Indiana fans. It's just it's not going to work like that. But you can do better. You can do a lot better. And obviously, like the commissioner can't say, "Hey, UC at USC, like you're going to be better at football." You can't just yeah. overnight yeah. make that happen. But I think you already saw the correct framing of this stuff. You, you mentioned that he was clearly paying attention, was clearly prepared. I mean, just admitting that this is where the bread is buttered is significant, right? Instead of just saying, we're the conference of champions, we care so much about our Olympic sports and downplaying failures to reach the college football playoff in other sports. He said that that was the weakness, that they haven't won a national championship in football, men's basketball in so long. I think that's just refreshing to hear because you just need someone who understands that and is not afraid to say it instead of trying to spin everything all the time. And I think that was one of the main takeaways because I think he, he, he was very impressive in his first meeting with us and said all the right things. As you mentioned, I'm sure a lot of these athletic directors and coaches will be happy to hear them. But I think the bigger thing is to try to actually do it. And he mentioned some specific things about football. He's going to lead the push to expand the playoff so that it helps the pack something Larry Scott didn't do until the very too little too late. Yeah. Until the very end. I'm going to be writing about that. So you can read that on the athletic. And also he's talking about non-conference scheduling. He's talking about tangible things that will help this league from a football standpoint. So it's, Day one, I mean, he's actually technically doesn't start till July, but he's already thinking about these things that actually make a difference. Non-conference scheduling is how basketball rose, right? You have to mm -hmm. think about this stuff strategically. And he talked about recruiting. He talked about different ways of investment. And as we mentioned, the big question overall is just money, which always helps, and the Pac-12 network, all that's connected. But it was just really nice to hear tangible examples of areas to grow. I think that will be music to a lot of the coaches' ears, just that you have a commissioner speaking their language of scheduling. So the Pac-12 network is another big topic of discussion. And this was one that Larry Scott, this was his baby. He took a huge risk in the conferences owning it outright. You know, the, the Big Ten partnered with Fox, the SEC partnered with ESPN, the ACC partnered with ESPN, the Pac-12 owned its own network, and it was a complete disaster. What do you think happens to that with this next round of, of rights deals? It's a really good question, and I, I don't know that I can predict that or you can predict that. We could certainly toss things out. But I think 
even understanding, you know, the role of Amazon in live streaming events or Facebook or all of these tech companies, I don't think we fully understand, A, what's possible, and B, how willing some of these conferences or college sports officials are to get into those spaces, right? Because it is just totally a different um you know, kind of consumer experience and habits that need to be changed. So it's really hard to predict, but you are talking about someone, as you mentioned, he's got experience in all of these digital places, including Hulu. So maybe there's going to be more creativity there. But he did, again, it was just refreshing to hear someone say like, hey, our distribution is really low. Like this is a problem yeah. where you just had so much spin for so long about downplaying the weaknesses in the Pac-12 in their conference office that even if you are going to invest a bunch of effort into that or you're going to abandon it, it was still refreshing to acknowledge that it wasn't working the way that you wanted it to work when you started it. I'm going to throw a little cold water and say Larry Scott also came in talking tough about how they were kind of a mom and pop shop beforehand and and they didn't maximize their revenue. So it's a, this is not a new concept for well, a new Pac-12 commissioner. Andy, they told us that this was a new model of commissioners, which I thought was very <laughs> funny because they literally hired a someone with this type of experience before, and the Big Ten hired someone with you know this type of experience. Right. It's, it's not new, and the 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 issue that people have had with it is certainly Larry and his relationships with people on the different campuses. But also just like catching up to speed on all of these issues. There's just landmines you have to navigate. But it's not new. It's not new. To your point, we just went through this. This is probably very similar to the way that Larry Scott started his tenure and the focus on where you needed to grow. So George Klyavkoff, you mentioned, will need to have a better relationship with the campuses. It sounds like he's definitely been briefed on that. And, and is willing to do it. And that, that's great. I mean, uh, it, it feels like they listened, which I think is, is something that, you know, if you've talked to Pac-12 athletic directors and coaches over the years, it never felt like the league office was listening. So it feels like somebody was paying attention, at least from this initial burst of news. We'll see if that continues as he settles into the office. But that's that feels like a good sign already. I agree. I think it's a perfect way to put it. They're listening. They're acknowledging stuff. They're calling the issues issues. This is a big step for the Pac-12. You have to identify the problems before you can fix them, and they're identifying them. So I think if you're a coach, if you're an athletic director, you heard a lot of the things you want to hear. He's going to be coming to your campus to get to know you. And I think you've got to be pretty optimistic, but it's always easy to be optimistic on day one. So we'll see what happens day two and beyond. It, it it feels like the 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 scene in in the classic movie PCU where, where Jeremy Piven's character looks at the the freshman and says, "You're a freshman, find a thousand people." It's basically they're, they're looking at him going, "You have experience with all these different digital media formats. Find us bajillions of dollars in our next media rights deal. Go." Yeah, this is why we didn't get hired because people can't say that to us. You know, I don't think I could make them bajillions of dollars. I really don't. No, we would have. If you wanted to pay us, we could try, but I think that's that's part of the reason. But you're right. I mean, again, this is day one. We're gonna have to see what he can do. If he can make a bazillion dollars, if he can fix football, but I think just acknowledging the things that need to be fixed, acknowledging that Pac-12 networks isn't going the way that it was hopefully gonna go. Yep. All of that stuff is still progress, and so it's gonna be fascinating to see where this goes and what he's able to do. The first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. 
and the Pac-12 has taken the first step. We'll see how it goes from here. Thank you, Nicole. Absolutely. When we come back, new Tennessee State football coach, Eddie George. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Time now for a great interview. This is one of the people who is just, you love talking to this guy. He's always fascinating, always engaging. One of the most interesting people in football and just in life. You know, if you only watched Eddie George run the football at Ohio State, you know he's a great football player. If you saw him in the NFL, you know he's just a guy nobody would ever want to try to tackle. But then you talk to him, and he's just a fascinating person. He's got so many interests. He's done so many different things. And he got a call about the idea of becoming a college football coach, which is something that, despite all the things he's done, he had never really even considered. Well, now he's taken over at Tennessee State. Here's how that happened and what he plans to do from there. You've been getting called coach now for a few <laughs> a month or so. Is it is it still sound odd to you? It, it does. It still sounds odd um, being called coach. And people say, coach, coach. And I'm like, who's here? <laughs> you know, and I have <laughs> right. to remind myself, oh, that's right. They're talking to me. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, it's an honor and a privilege that um, you know, Mickey Howard and Mickey, Mickey Allen and uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Uh, Glover um, looked at me in this capacity. Uh, they perceived me as being a head coach. I figured I could uh, help turn this program around, um, given my football knowledge, I'm not having head coaching experience, but really relying on bringing the right people in the room uh, that can help uh, bring this uh program back to prominence. And um, that's what I'm aiming to do. So when, when the president of the university calls you and says, hey, have you ever thought about coaching before? What is going through your mind? Because this is not a job you sought. They called no. you. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. She said, well, what do you think about being the head coach for our team? She was like, well, have, have you thought about coaching before? I was like, no. Uh, and initially, it was no, because I was committed and focused on my acting career, my uh, entrepreneurial career, and um, me being a father and a husband. That's That was my focus. And I did not see coaching anywhere in that. Um, but after doing my due diligence and some really deep soul searching within myself to say, okay, what is this opportunity really about? Is this an opportunity that God is giving me to 
help others and to pour into others in, the, in a deeper way. And immediately I thought about all the hard work that goes into it and the grind that you have to go through with with recruiting and, and the kids and uh, getting the late night calls and um, the operations and the academics, all the stuff that goes into it, it was daunting. But I said, I owe it to myself to see what the gratification is like on the other side of this particular grind. And when I went through that exercise uh, in terms of vetting out the opportunity, looking at various programs, I got more and more excited about the idea of being a head coach. So I, I know you called Deion Sanders, who is is doing this now at Jackson State. Of course, mm-hmm. he was coaching before that. But and then you called your your old coach Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. What was the response like from from those guys? Because you know they've done the job. They can tell you, right. "Hey, stay away if you're not going to like this," or maybe this works for you. Well, that that's exactly it. I I called and I asked Dion initially. I said, you know. You, you, you're a guy that's a renaissance man who's been in business, who's been on television, who's commentated, and now you're coaching. Is it possible for me to jump into this and be successful? He says, well, one, are you passionate about it? Because passion will carry a long way. And that was a check mark across the board for me, you know, in terms of giving back to these young kids, coaching them, helping them become men of character, of great leaders, to become great leaders. Um, and two, um, you know, do you um, are you willing to go through this grind? And that the answer was yes. So I looked at it as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not. I don't know what I don't know. I'm going to bring in the right people, bring in the right coordinators, bring in the right staff, surround myself with people that have been through this, that can guide me through it, and I can put my thumbprint on. I can um, implement. My, my own spirit, my ideas, and my philosophy of what I want to see in the football field uh, and in the classroom and get the job done. So it was really a co- the confidence that Jeff gave me to say, hey, man, this is a wonderful idea, great opportunity for you. This doesn't come around a whole lot uh, for really anybody. Why not take a shot at it? And and you brought him on as your your senior advisor. So he's kind of your, your Sherpa up this mountain. Yes. And it's interesting because yes. when I, when I read that, it kind of reminded me of something. Um, when Dabo Sweeney got the head coaching job at Clemson, he hired Woody McCorvey, who was his position coach at Alabama, who'd been, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of different roles in, in a lot of different programs as the senior advisor type as the same guy to help him kind of build all that. Cause, cause Dabo hadn't been head coach before. And, you know, wow. how much do you lean on, on Jeff just in terms of, okay, what do we do now? How do we do this now? <laughs> yeah, it's every step of the way. <laughs> you know, it was in the beginning, you know, hiring a staff. Um, the most important hire for me was not my offensive coordinator, my defensive coordinator. It was my chief of staff. Someone that uh, understands the world of the academia world for student athletes. Uh, who understands compliance who understands academics, who understands scholarships, the recruiting, uh, operations. Uh, um, That's the one area that has been huge for me in terms of Jeff because Jeff comes from, uh, his career has been about taking teams from one city to the next and starting from rock bottom, having nothing to having something. 
So in this essence, in essence, this is what we've inherited, something that's a new can a new canvas, if you will, that we can create from ground up. So who who has more experience than that than Jeff Fisher? So he's been huge in that area for me for operations, scheduling, uh, details, um, uh, being organized better than anybody I can think of. And uh, and and that's that's been everything. So every step of the way has been okay. I'm at this crossroads. What happens now? How do I, you know, do this or, or that? How do I communicate this to the staff? Or how do I communicate this particular idea philosophy to the team, you know, as collective? Um, so uh, it's, it's been awesome to work with Jeff in this capacity. Um, he drafted me in 1996. I was a, a pillar for the t- Tennessee Titans um, during his time here. And now to be in a role of a coach, he's now coaching me to become a coach. So it's been it's been remarkable. So you you've been in town pretty much since the Oilers moved to Nashville as mm-hmm. a resident. How how much awareness did you have of Tennessee State football? Uh, did you did you see it much? Did you think about it much before all of this happened? Well, I've been here for twenty four years. When we first got to Tennessee. Tennessee State, we stayed here on the campus of Tennessee State for training camp and had everything here. Um, well aware of the history of Tennessee State. Um, HBC has won 13 black national championships in school's history. Um, they produced two Hall of Famers, NFL Hall of Famers, and Richard Dent, Claude Humphrey. Uh, Ed, Ed Tutal Jones was the first pick of the NFL draft, I think, in 1972. So the tradition has always been here, and I, I've always known it. But I know people, my, some of my best friends come from TSU, and they always, you know, used to tease me, oh, Eddie, if we played y'all Ohio State, you know, we would have, you know, whooped y'all. But like, okay, <laughs> you, you, you think you, you're not thinking clearly with that one. But um, I was well aware of it, of TSU, um, then some business with them, and that's how this whole opportunity really came about. Um, I was doing some business with, uh, the president of the of, of the university, Glenda Glover, uh, uh, with a de- another organization doing wealth management because that's what I do. Uh, um, also, uh, and um, uh, when she asked me to do it, I said, "Well, can I still grow my business through this opportunity?" She says, "Well, yeah, you can still do it, but we believe that you're the guy to get it done because you bring so much, not just X's and O's, but resources." Uh, just my overall experience to help these kids become the best they could possibly be. Well, and, and one of the guys you played with throughout your your pro career was one of the all time great HBCU players, Steve McNair. I mean, how, how how good of an example of that you know is that when you're in when you're recruiting kids and saying, "Hey, you can achieve all your dreams going here." Look at look at what Steve McNair did. Yeah, not to Steve, uh, but you look at Trey Lance. I mean, on the FCS level, period. Yeah. Um, there are quality kids going into the NFL. Um, what, what kids are going to get from our program is to how to be a professional, how to be a professional in the classroom, how to be a professional in the work, work working world, how to be professional on the football field. We have a staff that, has professional that's played professional, coached professional, coached college, 
um, from across the board. And if that's something that they seek, that's something that we're going to prepare them for. And if they don't get there, they're going to come damn close to it. And if they don't quite get to the level they want to, they're going to be prepared in terms of leadership, in terms of confidence, uh, in terms of what it takes to, to really be a champion in life. Um, because you, you, you've played the game, you know, you've taken, probably taken some of the same things that you've learned from coaches, um, from your experiences of dealing with adversity into everyday life and to with your yeah. children and so forth. So it's a great foundation for that. So, um, I, I say all that to say that uh, my total experience and everything that I've done, um, has helped me for this moment. I, I was interested because you looked at the the budgets of the programs in the conference, but you also were looking at how how does North Dakota State compare? How, how does James Madison, the, the ones that are consistently playing for national titles, right. and and went to the administration and said, "This is what we need to succeed here." And I believe you've already started raising money for that. So <laughs> how, how's that yeah. going? Well, it's uh, a constant battle. You, as a head coach, you wear different hats. You wear yeah. the head coach as the X's and O's, you take that off, then you become the recruiter, <laughs> you, you take that <laughs> off, you become the fundraiser. <laughs> and uh, so, and, that, and that's something that I've done quite a bit of throughout my career. Um, fundraising for my wealth management business, fundraising for, uh, at the time, Ohio State, some of the initiatives, fundraising for different things around town. And uh, just knowing the network of people, uh, that can write that check that are interested in what I'm doing here at Tennessee State has been huge. So that is an ongoing uh, blood bloodline for us in terms of fundraising for Tennessee State football, but also as athletics as a whole, so that all votes rise and benefits from this opportunity. So you, you mentioned, you know, wanting to be a renaissance man, and, and you have been. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about this, you, you've been uh, at the top of – professional football you have run a wealth management company you you, you have played Othello you've been in <laughs> Chicago on Broadway like, how, how do you is this one of those things where you just don't put limits on yourself or just say I can do all of these things why, why can't I be all of these things well um my, one of my sayings is that I don't think outside the box I eliminate the box I don't, I don't ever put myself in a box and in terms of what I can just be. Um, and, and all those things that I've done, when I think about it, has prepared me for this moment. It, it really has. Um, as a wealth manager, in terms of getting my Series 7 and really focusing on that and getting my education, got my master's in business, understand the entrepreneurial world. Um, like, you, like I said, in terms of being an actor, the greatest – lesson or the greatest tool you can have as an actor is the ability to listen. That same holds true as a commentator, same holds true as a leader, is to listen to what people are saying, is to uh, talk less and listen more and to live by your actions. So all of my experiences that I've gone through up until this point has led me to this opportunity to be prepared for this in some capacity. And there's some learning curves I got to go through in terms of game day management, in terms of scheduling and all of that. Um, and that's nothing, something I'm not going to sweep under the rug. But I have some general experience and some reference that I can pull from uh, to, to help guide me through that. 
Well, and, and you're bringing in some people who also can help on that front. You got Hugh Jackson as your offensive coordinator, Pepe Pearson mm-hmm. coaching coaching running backs. You you played with Pepe at Ohio State, right? Yes, I did. So yes. How, how how important is that to have those guys that have been in those? I mean, Pepe's been recruiting. He's he's been at Marshall, so he's he's mm-hmm. been recruiting a lot of the same kind of players you're going to be looking for. How much do you lean on those guys for advice about how do you? You know, how do you approach a recruit? How do you, how do you talk, you know, how do you talk to the mom and dad? How do you, what's, mm-hmm. what's the best thing to sell here? Yeah, no, no, I, I that's a great, that's a great question, uh, Andy. And, and I, I lean on them a lot. I'm, I'm learning from them uh, a tremendous amount. Hugh, Pepe, uh, Brandon Fisher, who has a great uh, deal of knowledge, both at co- in college, uh, understanding the college schedule, understanding that the FCS is different from the FBS in terms of scheduling and how your schedule has to be fluid. And, and most of our schedules have to be fluid because kids have to, their students first. And we have to wrap around our schedules around the, the, the academics and really press that. Um, we have Rod Woodson, um, who's going to be on our staff as deep as a back. Never heard of him. Yeah, I know. Right. Just, just a guy with a gold <laughs> jacket, right? <laughs> uh, Clyde Simmons, our defensive line coach. Um, oh, so never, never heard are, of him either. Yeah, I, I know. It's just a guy that, <laughs> you know, crazy. played for the Philadelphia Eagles for who's just some cat. <laughs> so um, we are surrounded by guys that have been there, done it on the field, off the field, in coaching, outside of coaching, entrepreneurship, education, tradition, all those things. Uh, strength conditioning coach has, has a great wealth of knowledge. He's coached on uh, he's coached at Florida when they had their national championships. Um, he's been around. So I'm, I have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience, uh, a melting pot of guys that are, are willing to, first of all, serve, uh, secondly, to teach, uh, and third, that are passionate, passionate about building this program into helping Tennessee State elevate to a new level. We'll be right back after these words. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to ask about your own recruitment because I I, I Mm -hmm. had forgotten that you did a post-grad year at Fork Union uh, before Mm -hmm. winding up signing at Ohio State. Where... What kind of school would you have ended up going to had you not done that post-grad year? Had you just come out of high school? Well, I did my high school years at Fort Union. 
I, I right, stayed right. But, but if you come out, right. yeah, if you come I out, out after your I would have. Um, I had one option, <laughs> and that was Edinburgh uh, University, really, at, um, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, that was, and it was a partial scholarship. It wasn't a full ride, uh, and. You know, no disrespect to Edinburgh. I just felt like I, I I could play at a high level. I just felt it in my spirit. And um, my only option was to go back to Fort Green for a postgraduate year to develop physically, to develop mentally, um, and to become a better student. And I dedicated my my entire life that summer to that goal, that specific goal to be bigger, stronger, faster, to completely separate myself from the rest of the pack uh, that year. And um, it paid off dividends for me. So, uh, okay. I, I, I've met you in person when, when you were working for Sirius XM. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you are, as Deion Sanders puts it, a, a walking business decision when it comes to <laughs> folks, folks coming up, trying to tackle you. Like how much better physically did you, because uh, you were you were always so much bigger than everybody else as a back. You were, you were always a big back, but so how much physically did you change in in that one year? Oh gosh, I was uh, six. I played my junior year like six two, uh, six foot two, uh, roughly one ninety five, one hundred ninety five wow, pounds, okay. and then I uh, put on about uh, twenty pounds of muscle um, between that time. So I came back. About 217, 220, somewhere in the, in around, running the four or five and uh, in the 40 yard dash. And uh, my coach was like, Who is this guy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> where, where has he been? And it was the first six games of my uh, postgraduate year. I put up like 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. And I was on my way to having a 2,000 yard year. And player of the year and all of that. So, uh, but that was cut short, uh, rightfully so. That's a long story, but um, mm -hmm. it was, th that was it. I was just dedicated to being uh, a physically imposing back that can make you miss, that can run away from you, that can do it all. That was, that was, that was my goal. So now, you know, this is like, this is who you have to find. You have to find Eddie George coming out of his senior year. Who's only mm -hmm. got an offer from a partial offer from Edinburgh? Because that that guy is signing at Tennessee State. Well, we're going to go after the right kids. Um, I look at every tape. I'm looking at every kid with the with the with the potential of does he have the potential to be great? What is his upside? As as I know who I was when I came out, and and I got I'm looking for that diamond in the rough. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking for five stars, four stars. Of course, I would love to get those kids, but those kids that are great academically, um, who are great, who have great character, who who want to get better. I believe that we are going to develop these kids to become a four star or a five star at some point in time. That's my goal: is to develop uh, these kids. And if we get lucky to have some talented guys that are off the charts, athletically great. But um, that's what we're aiming to do. Yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be a fun ride and, and figuring out what these guys are going to be. That's always one of, mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts about college football recruiting is is figuring out which coaches have the best imagination, who see uh, a six foot four, 215 pound edge rusher and realize that 
once he starts eating in college, he's going to be a 280 pound D tackle. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah. it, it's amazing how that all works. And, and you get to, you get to experience that now. I know, man, you know, from a completely different perspective, um, as a player it's different because you're in the trenches, you're in the grind of it all. You see how hard the coaches work. Uh, but now on the other side, as uh, the head coach for a football team and seeing all that goes into it and all the various hats that you have to wear. And the, the fun part now for me is breaking down film, looking at the players, uh, getting in front of them uh, and, 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 and seeing what the potential is and what they can become uh, with the right guidance, the right tutelage. So uh, that's exciting. So before I let you go, Eddie, I, I want to ask for your help with something we do here. I, I, we do a segment called the Random Ranking, and, and we pick okay. just anything. And basically, I started it because I was, I was voting in the Associated Press poll, and all people did was yell at me about where, where I put their team, and I got sick of ranking college football teams. So we do all <laughs> kinds of different deals. Uh, we did reality shows one time, mm-hmm. and you know, we all these different food things. But, but I, I wanted to go back into football for you because this is an area I, I think is probably near and dear to your heart. So I want you to critique my top five list here. Okay. Uh, this is my top five fullbacks. Okay. And okay. I okay. figured you and I are about the same age. So we, we came up in kind of a golden era of, of, of uh-huh. fullbacks and you played either with some of these guys or against some of these guys. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to know them. Uh, one, one's a little bit older, but the other ones are, are kind of uh, peers. Okay. So okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to start with number five and, this is a guy that uh, the, the folks at you know Nebraska know well, and uh, and the folks in Detroit know well. But Corey Schlesinger, uh, I believe his nickname was Anvil Head. Anvil, uh huh. And so that I, I just I I love option football. I know you're not going to run the option at Tennessee State. But but I do love watching. Never know. Whoa, oh, okay, okay. I, I heard, I've heard you say you're going to dominate up front. So, hey, would you have hey, a fullback? Would you hand him? If, uh, if 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 he if he grinds it out and if he uh, blocks the, the the backer on Bob and hits that defensive end on uh, the, the double down and kick out. Hey, we'll give him a bone or two. You know, we'll throw him a ball in the flat. You know, we'll give him a little belly here and there. <laughs> That's what I just I just want that. Di- I just remember Corey Schlesinger against Miami in the Orange Bowl, and they Ugh. kept hitting them with the dive, and <laughs> just Miami could not stop him. And it was like no. watching just a Coke machine roll down the field. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Speaking of throwing the ball in the flat, number four, Larry Sinners. Great blocker, but ushered in. This is this guy is a real receiving threat. This position can be a real receiving threat. I think he's caught over 100 balls a few times in his during his playing career in a season. Um, Exceptional receiver out the backfield, extremely athletic, and will knock your head into the next universe (laughs) once he hits you. So. Yeah, Larry Sinners is excellent at four. I like that. All right. Number three. I I, I only know this is my, my high school's offense was was cribbed off the nineties Dallas Cowboys offense and and they loved their lead draws. And and uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, the lead draw, mm-hmm. you know, you're just you're just tricking the D line, you're just making them think they're gonna but the the the, the reason the lead draw really works is that fullback just coming up and crushing a linebacker. Yeah. And so Daryl Johnston, Moose. 
leading the way for Emmett. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was a great one too. Uh, he was a good receiver out the backfield as well, and could run yeah. the ball. So not nah, very smart, intelligent football player. I like I like Moose. All right, so my number two is the guy that Moose called his idol and the guy that he would watch. So this is this is the only one. It's not a contemporary viewer. This guy was is much older, but Tom Rathman. Tom Rathman. Okay. I bet so you watched going, him as a as a kid. You know, Tom, Tom, no, Tom was a was a grown man. Um I like I like that call, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say uh I would say Tim Lester. You gotta oh, Tim, that's a great Tim call. Lester was Jerome Bettis' fullback and Several pro, was a pro bowler. He was nasty. I mean, just nasty with it. Very athletic, and you know, wasn't much of a pass catcher, but in terms of a true fullback blocker who loved contact. Oh, Tim Lester was the best. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, they have to they have to love that contact. It has to be that yeah. guy. There, uh, West Virginia had a guy named Owen Schmidt. In the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and he always had the you know the the thing the thing the fullbacks have where the, they have the bridge of their nose right. is bleeding all the time. Right. All the time. <laughs> that, that was that was him. So I, let's get to my number one. I think you're going to agree with me on this. I, I I hope there's no one who disagrees on this because I, right. the, the the record stands alone speaks for itself. He guided ten consecutive thousand yard rushers. Including one Eddie George, including Corey Dillon, including Ladanian Tomlinson, Lorenzo Neal. Look, without question. <laughs> hey, if there if there is a pl- place for fullbacks, Canton Lorenzo Neal is that guy, hands down. Um, the best motivator, the best uh, trash talker, the best blocker that I've ever been around. Um, goes above and beyond the call of duty. He's the type of guy that will jump on the grenade gladly for for anybody. He's that he has that mentality and loves absolutely loves contact. Loves it. He says, "Let me eat, Daddy. Let me eat, Daddy. Let me get, get him a hip and don't dip, Daddy. Don't dip." I'm gonna take. I'm gonna tell. I want. He would get so riled up in the huddle. He's like, "Let me hang on to seven. Let me. Let me just eat one time. Let me just get. Let me get Ray. Let me just give me Ray. Let me get one time. One time. He's begging for Ray Lewis. Oh my God. We'll be on the sidelines. We're both standing there. Eddie, you gotta get me in the game, man. Come on. Let me get in. Let me get. Let me get a taste. Let me just get him one time. What's Ray Lewis? Like who does that? I will give me Junior Seau. I want to take him right down the middle, Daddy. I mean, he he's the best. I love Lorenzo Neal. <laughs> I've I've seen the T-shirts he's got out now that that have the the Hall of Fame on him and say "Break the Seal with Neal." So, it, it, oh, he, nice. He should be the first fullback in the Hall of Fame. I'm with you there. So, yeah, I, but this is this is what I want. I want uh, I want a fullback heavy offense. At Tennessee State, in honor offense? of Lorenzo Neal. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're going to run a couple of plays in honor of the of the real fullback. I maybe maybe a wishbone, maybe oh. the old wishbone from from uh, the Oklahoma Sooner days with the wishbone wizard yeah. Jamel Holloway. You know, that, yeah. Listen, hey, once, everything old once is new again. Going, once that once that wishbone gets going, it's tough to stop. 
it is tough to stop. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, you, your guy, Urban Meyer, who coached it at the Ohio State University, he, he came in with, you know, all this 1950s single wing stuff. So why not? What, yeah. Why not bring why not? back we, the 70s? And that's the beauty of, of playing on this level is that you can be very creative and innovative in terms of that and just recycle what's worked. Everybody's built to stop, you know, that 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 tempo, fast, quick and space offense and defenses are are built that way. They're not built for a power run game. So um, you could see elements of that in our offense. <laughs> the Tennessee State business decisions. I'm ready. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> make, make it happen. I like it. You got the aristocrat of bands and the and the business decisions. That, exactly. I, I come watch that. Hey, well, please do. Please do. Thank you, Coach Eddie George. It has been a pleasure. Andy, it's been a pleasure, man. God bless you, my friend. 